0: And welcome to the Engineering Influence podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies. My name is Diana Alexander, and I am the Director of Private Market Resources with ACEC. Today, we're coming to you live from ACEC Annual Fall Convention of 2022, sponsored by HDR. We're in beautiful uh, Broadmoor Hotel in Colorado Springs, and I am joined by Josh Brooks. Principal and Denver Office Director for Sasaki. Sasaki is an interdisciplinary architecture, planning, landscape, and design firm with offices in Boston, Denver, New York, and Shanghai. Uh, Josh's interest is in the intersection of people and infrastructure, and where he focuses on the planning, design, and implementation of urban places. Joshua, welcome, and thank you for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. So the reason we're talking with Josh today is because we just wrapped up our private markets panel focused on how airports transform communities into development districts. On the panel, we were also joined by Ken Schwartz, the Senior Vice President and Planning and Design Service Leader from VHB, an engineering design firm, and Elise Brennick-Meyer, the Director of Real Estate Projects with DEN Real Estate, a, den- a division uh, of Denver International Airport. Uh, so I'm going to ask Josh some questions, let him get him some response time, and we'll wrap it up. So Josh, why don't we start with the basics. For the listeners that may be- aren't familiar with Denver's airport city, can you please share the evolution of the relationship of airports to cities?
1: Yeah, I think it's a fascinating one and, and goes back to really the, the creation of airports as a piece of our infrastructural system. Let me think about you know the 1920s and 30s when the airport sort of land use first became a, a thing. Uh, a lot of these places were built close to the things that they served. We didn't have mass transportation connecting large tracts. Of land far out on the hinterlands, rather we built these places and, and some of them were evolved from former military bases and things like that. So the, the, the location of these places happened organically. Um, And I think the the relationship of of cities to airports has been a constantly changing one and and one that has an interesting past, both in in terms of the movement of airports from former locations to their, their current locations, but also the way that cities have evolved around some of these places. And in the session, we talked a lot about. Uh, different models of of what I would call aerotropolis, um, which are you know really the the ecosystem that revolves around airports, um, and and that by that I mean advanced manufacturing, distribution, hospitality, retail, and even residential uses that want to co locate next to these places because of the access and, and convenience that they afford. Um, you know, over time, cities have um, you know had tenuous relationships with some of these places, but also. Um, you know, sort of co coexistence ones. And uh, what's fascinating is, is some of these places which were located, you know, f- for a very good reason close to cities um, actually were pushed out. Um, you know, Stapleton, uh, former Stapleton Airport is a perfect example of that and one that, you know, was located in a certain place. And then uh, as the city grew up around it and more residential came, uh, the, the city of Denver made a, a very conscious decision to actually export that airport to a completely different location and, and decommission the entire site and, and the, the aviation use has to exist.
0: Right. So then we kind of searched out in our session about how there's not only economic development that's created on the you know airport site of Den, but because of the old airport moving, there were then developments made there. I think you guys said there was a residential development and other opportunities elsewhere. Can you tell us more about those locations and where this has happened,
1: too. Yeah, I mean, this is a fascinating thing that's happening really around the country and around the world and, and projects that we're involved in span from Athens, Greece to Picton, Ontario to, to Denver, Colorado. And, um, you know, it's not only commercial airports, but also, uh, you know, former military bases. There are uh, you know plenty of examples and whether that's Dallas's Hinsley Field or, or Lowry Air Force Base in, in Denver, uh, you know, former airfields, which are, you know, huge tracts of land uh, within urban settings and when the the aviation use ceases to exist there's a really great opportunity to, to transform those into uh, new places um, you know these are really exciting and, and, and you can look at you know Stapleton and, and now Central Park neighborhood of, of Denver as a, a perfect example uh, some 25 years later and what it has become what was you know thousands of acres of, of airport runways and and you know aviation uses and, and uh, hangars and terminals and everything is now a thriving single-family fairly dense residential neighborhood um, you know one of the the ones that has you know the best park systems running through it one of the ones that has the most modern infrastructure running through it because these p- places are able to be built wholesale from scratch I mean literally tearing down you know essentially all of the infrastructure that was supporting aviation and replacing it with a brand new infrastructure is, is fascinating um, some other examples of that which I, I think are really amazing is when you know these sites kind of become creative, uh, creatively reused. Uh, we're currently working on the former Athens, Greece metropolitan air, airport, which um, was decommissioned to to host the Olympics when when the Olympics were in uh, Athens, Greece, and the, the airport was actually moved to the the entire other side of the peninsula. But what was left in its place is 1,200 acres of land that that had you know huge runways and old aeroceran building, lots of Old hangars, and we're actually working on what will be the largest commercial redevelopment in Europe's. Uh, in, in Europe right now, which is millions and millions of square feet of new development and a 600 acre Central Park, largest park that will uh, urban park that will ever be built in Europe uh, on the scale of Central Park in New York, Hyde Park in London. Um, and, you know, part of that strategy is actually reusing some of that. So we're harvesting material from the runway, these huge you know concrete slabs that have marble aggregate in them and, and using them in, in site furnitures and, um, you know, creating, really novel ecosystems where there once was heavy industrial and, and, you know, industrial land. So it's it's quite fascinating.
0: Right. So I'm really glad you brought up the land use that's not focused on aeronautical development because there is so much surrounding land around these airports that can be used for other types of development. Uh, We heard today about warehouses, retail, biomed, even research and development. Um, So I wanted to really call that out for our listening engineers because it's not just about Uh, aeronautical work, that because of airports and their development, there are so many opportunities for all different kinds of work surrounding them. They talked about stormwater, wastewater, transportation, you need roads. There's just so much opportunity for work. And it is a trend worth watching in your area to see where airports are going next. Um, I also wanted to talk about something really interesting, because it came up in our opening general session with our keynote speaker. And it was about this idea of mobility, and how Air taxis are coming. Uh, so, is there anything you can tell us about that? And and is there already a plan for it at Den? Or are you seen it on any of your other projects?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a technology that has been underdeveloped for you know uh, many many years, and companies like Uber and Lyft and, and others are creating um, you know vertical takeoff aircraft and and, and short takeoff aircraft. eToll, VTOL uh, is the acronyms that get thrown around. And again, these these are this is not necessarily new technology, um, you know, helicopters, for example, in, in Brazil were used to, to, you know, bring people around or still used to bring people around in a much higher, you know, per capita basis than they are in, in um, you know, the United States of America. Um, I think the reality is, is that it's a huge perceptional thing that us as a society has to get used to. Are we ready for, you know, aircraft to be flying around our city and dropping people off? But, you know, there are really amazing opportunities in in places like Los Angeles or San Francisco that don't have huge, um, you know, huge uh, transportation systems, mobility systems built out other than roads, um, where these can then can sort of jump the gap and turn of technology like many african countries like you know cell phones are more prevalent than landlines and have been for forever and this is an opportunity to actually jump the gap in terms of technology um to to create mobility systems where they they haven't been built out um you know i don't think den was necessarily thinking about that when we when we crafted the master plan Uh, Because that was a few years ago. And and really, this technology is kind of quickly, um, you know, quickly being evolved by groups like Uber and Lyft that are looking to bring it to market um, fairly soon. Um, But I I do think a lot of places are starting to think about uh, vertiports and, and how those get integrated into cities. And, and the other thing I, I would bring up is that, um, you know, air, airport influence development is not just, you know, on airport property per se, uh, places like the seaport in Boston, which are just across the harbor from Boston Logan, that is an aerotropolis in, in, in every sense of the the word. And really a lot of that development is, you know, on, on sort of this international economy that, that, that. Uses Logan and Boston as a as a hub, and that is directly influenced by its location and proximity. And those are the types of places where some of this new technology is likely to come to market before it probably enters, uh, you know, the pla- places like DIN or, or Logan or other, you know, municipal airports.
0: Right. Very interesting. I also uh, I noted something when looking through the master plan that you guys have online. And I thought this was so interesting because the term used to be location, location, location. And now you guys have it coined as accessibility, accessibility, accessibility. Uh, and that's the idea of this Aerotropolis. So um, if you could summarize for our listeners that maybe weren't there, you had mentioned kind of these four key nodes in the area. What's going on in each of them? What's the focus? Is there any opportunity for future development there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the goal of the master plan was to set a framework uh, for the market to tell DIN what they thought. Um, and so it's not necessarily going in and saying there's going to be a hosp- you know, a, a hospitality component or hotel component here. Uh, it's going to, you know, a gas station is going to go here or some retail is going to go here or some corporate campus is going to go here. But the reality is, is given the sort of scale of the land that, um, you know, exists there, the goal was to set up the, the sort of infrastructure and decision making matrix that then could evaluate these types of things. And so, you know, for example, out on 72nd and, and um, uh, Himalaya, there's huge, you know, huge land out there, um, some 200 acres that could be used for advanced manufacturing, distribution, warehousing, um, sort of logistics and technology that want to be directly located next to an airport. Um, but, you know, can't find a place or can't find, you know, land big enough that that's not on airport land um, to, to locate there. And and because the, that's so far away from the runway projection zone and other t- so sort of technical constraints, you could actually see smokestacks or other things that, that need height and bulk and, and, and things like that. Whereas, you know, something like the, the east approach, which is, again, directly south of the, the terminal and the new Weston Hotel, might actually be much more suited for conferencing and, and um, you know, office and uh, you know, hospitality components that would support, um, you know, people flying in, going to a conference and then flying out the next day. And so, each one of the nodes from a market standpoint has probably a unique position, but the goal of the master plan was to really set up that framework that I think protects uh, a lot of the those sort of natural resources that that Den has as an asset. I mean, 34,000 acres of prairie grassland, you know, it, essentially in a contiguous fashion is not something that gets found every day in so I, I really give uh, Dan a lot of credit in, in making that a sort of focus of the plan is that protecting their natural resources was as important as sort of setting up those development nodes.
0: Absolutely. So that is about all the time we have for today. Um, and lastly, thank you, Josh, again, for joining us in Colorado today and for participating in our private markets panel. Of course, it was a lot of fun. Great. And thank you, listeners, for joining us on another Engineering Influence podcast from ACEC. Have a good one.